Karen is white. Karen asks to speak to the manager. Karen has a really bad haircut. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Black And, a candid conversation about racism, white people, and ways to move forward. I'm April. And I'm Jonathan. We're brother and sister looking to discuss how race informs important issues, current events, and what white people looking to make a difference can do. On today's episode, we wanted to get together and talk about things that are going on in the country right now. We do not have a guest this episode, um, and we look forward to our next um, episode, which uh, will have a conversation with another group of people. But for now, it's just me and April, and we want to check in with one another about the various forms of white supremacy that we're seeing manifest themselves throughout the country, from the Central Park incident with Amy Cooper and Christian Cooper to the public lynching of George Floyd in Minneapolis. Um, So this isn't going to be a fun conversation, but I think it's an important one. And so, April, I think um, we can just go ahead and dive in if you're ready. Ready as I'll ever be. April, you know, I wanted to get, I wanted to start recording today. amidst everything that's going on because there's just a lot that's been on my mind and yours as well and I figured we'd just start recording it um so you know it racism and white supremacy that's that's on my mind um and it's being it's being manifest it's showing itself in our country over the past couple of weeks in a variety of ways and so I guess I want to What's on my mind is sort of articulating those ways, those various ways that it's showing itself to our listeners. Um, But, you know, it's in the context of the George Floyd murder by police. um, And it's in the context of the Amy Cooper um, Central Park incident where she called, you know, cops on on Christian Cooper, uh, this black bird watcher. all of this stuff sort of happened in the last few days. You know, a couple of weeks ago, Ahmaud Arbery um, was the footage of Ahmaud Arbery being lynched was uh, released. A couple of days after that, news of Breonna Taylor, who was being who was murdered by police in her home as she slept in her bed, um, was came out. Um, and so I'm just exhausted. You know, today I I told you that I was going to take a mental health day today. This is the day that. Uh, that Minneapolis prosecutors announced that they would be arresting and charging um, the man who knelt his knee uh, into George Floyd's neck and suffocated him, the police officer who did that. So all of that stuff is on my mind, and I kind of just wanted to chat about it with you. Yeah, I mean, so that's obviously what's been on my mind, too. I honestly don't want to talk about it. Yeah. Um. But I know we need to. I just it's weird. I'm almost in this place. I think it's because we've been in quarantine for so long that. And I've been, you know, separate from the rest of the world that talking about it makes it real. Yeah. And if I don't talk about it, then it's like 
George Floyd is still alive. And yeah, I mean, so there are clearly, if we're talking about, you know, Mr. Floyd and Amy Cooper, these are two different types of racism that we're seeing very vividly playing out. Um, One is extremely violent, where someone has been lynched in broad daylight. And the other is a little more covert, where it is a sly use of white supremacy in order to subjugate another person. One obviously has very or much more serious consequences than the other, but that's only because of how the Central Park incident played out. Christian Cooper could have been killed too, just as easily. It just so happens that he wasn't this time. The next time some white woman calls the police on him, he may be killed. Yeah. So let's talk about that. Let's talk about let's take them one by one. okay? like and just get through parsing out what we what we think about each one. Right. I think that's I think that's wise. I mean, so with Christian Cooper. So for folks who don't know, this is the incident that occurred in Central Park where a woman, a white woman was walking her small dog and was um, in the same vicinity, I suppose, as a black man named Christian Cooper. Um, this woman's name is Amy Cooper. We're going to put a pin in the fact that they have the same last name and come back to that because mm-hmm. that's also very fucked up. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, are they related? It's like, no, no. Um, so um, video surfaced that Christian Cooper, the the bird watcher, took uh, showing this woman threatening to call the police on him and threatening to tell the police that a black man was harassing her and uh and threatening her and her dog she said it in a tone like i'm gonna tell them a black man is threatening me and mm-hmm. you're gonna like so very sort of mocking and sort of like look i know what will happen to you if i tell the police a black man is threatening me mm-hmm. and so then so, she proceeds she proceeds to call her call the police and then you hear her voice change and starts fake crying and she, she becomes to, hysterical becomes hysterical yeah and like starts sort of short of breath um Part of that is due to the fact that I think she was holding her dog up by the leash or by the collar up off front legs up off the ground and all the while strangling the dog and not knowing that she was doing that. And so I think that did start to get a little make things a little bit sort of out of control for her. But she didn't understand. She didn't put two and two together that she was like causing a ruckus herself by strangling her dog. Um, But it was definitely an act. um, And she was intending to get the to get the police involved to 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 hurt or or kill um so mr cooper and so yeah i think uh, just for a little more context christian cooper is a member of the audubon society um and so he was bird watching in central park and amy cooper's dog was off leash he asked her politely to put her dog back on the leash so it would stop scaring the birds away. Which is the law. Which is the law. And she obviously wouldn't do so. And then, you know, the situation escalated as it did. And, you know, so I get the idea that this was an act on her part in that she knew exactly what she was doing in telling the police specifically this is an african-american man stalking her and threatening threatening her but i don't like to use the word act because she i find her very sincere her hysteria 
while unwarranted, I believe it was real. She worked yeah. herself up into that state. Right. She, it wasn't caused by anything else other than her own actions, but she was actually hysterical and probably made herself afraid right. of Christian Cooper. Right. No fault of his. He didn't right. do anything. He's just standing I, there. But I think that that is the power of hmm. white supremacy. Someone encroaching upon her state of supremacy. And mm -hmm. she literally went nuts. Mm -hmm. Like crazy with fear. And mm -hmm. uh, yeah, she went hysterical. And yeah. I think that just shows how, I don't know, how normal it was for her. That she right. is 24-7 in this state of supremacy and freedom to do whatever the fuck she wants all the time. And it's and not even, yeah, and it's not even like he had a body camera on that was like secretly recording this. He had his camera out in front of him, his phone, yeah, recording her, and she knew she was being recorded and still did this. The slightest step into her little world mm -hmm. threw her overboard. Because it mm -hmm. probably has literally never happened to her before, where someone mm -hmm. asked her to do something that she didn't want to do, especially a black man. Right. That to me is what is so chilling and is so just it's devastating because there are people, there are millions of Amy Coopers who their supremacy is unmatched and unchallenged every day. And the moment someone tries to enter into that. All hell breaks loose. It just yeah. shows you, and I, this is not me calling white people crazy, but this is calling, this is me calling white people crazy. Because white supremacy makes white people crazy. White supremacy makes people crazy. This woman yeah. lost her shit because someone right. asked her to put her dog on the leash, so says the law. She lost it. That right. is a testament to what white supremacy does to people. It right. makes legit batshit crazy. That doesn't mean you right. can't be doing your job every day living in America. That shows you what America is. If every day people living in the state can function fully and, you know, be in the world. OK, but it just it it's just mind blowing. So it's worth saying as well, you know, you mentioned her living in the world every day. She works for, I believe, a, a financial or insurance company um, or worked. She's been fired since. But. She was a she was a manager at this company. So remember, she, she had people reporting to her. Right. Like she undoubtedly had black and brown people who for whom she was their boss. Mm -hmm. um, and so this is her real life. And she that's the position that she puts herself in um, in real life. There's no way that those people have the people under her had a fair shot at advancing or being evaluated fairly or anything because that's the mindset that she has regarding her relationship to black people. She, she put mm -hmm. it out for display for everyone knowing mm -hmm. she was being recorded. Um, that's, that's one thing. Second, I think a big part, of, I think April, we should, we've got to address something and I know it's going to work you up, but I really need to, uh, we need to talk about it. We have to talk about Karen's. So, right. Okay. So a lot of. <laughs> okay. You said it. Right, like you asked for it. So a lot of people call, started, me included, started calling her Karen um, as a term that has been going around. Uh, I, I don't know who started it, but I assume someone within the black community has made it a 
a thing that we call sort of like deranged, crazed white women who are um, asking to speak to the manager, who are calling the police for no reason, who are getting themselves worked up into fits over nothing. And so it is a gendered term. It is it refers to women. It refers to white women. Um, and so some people call it sexist. This is this is an intersectionality thing. Right. Like so mm-hmm. black people calling um a white woman karen yes there are gender implications to that um if a man if a man is doing it but the overlap and the the racism that accompanies every karen that i've ever seen makes it okay for me to call her a karen in my mind um and so a lot of people will give me a lot of flack because they you know we just shouldn't use the you're you know you karen is racist the term as a term it's using mm-hmm. the it's doing the same thing that you don't want white people to do to you which is using a label to group them together et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. um so it's so crazy because like you can use a label to group me with all types of black people that's fine just stop shooting us <laughs> right, like, right. Label right. me all you want. I don't give a shit what you call me. Stop right. killing people in broad daylight. Right, right. Like, Stop calling the police on people to have them killed and right. telling them that you're doing it right before you do it. And the moment that starts happening to Karens is the moment I'll stop calling people Karens. Right. So tell me like, what what is it? What is a Karen to you, April? Karen. <laughs> 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 I like. It's crazy because, like, I already don't like her. This fictional person right. I'm about to describe. A Karen but asked... She, but she is white, right? Oh, she's white. Yeah, she's yeah, yeah. white. She had a... She, Karen is white. Karen is 30s and up, I'd say. Karen asked to speak to the manager over the slightest inconvenience. Right. A Karen has physically a really bad haircut that is jagged and sharp and... <laughs> Karen is a person who you say, oh, excuse me, could you could you like actually um, like could you move to the side so I can get past? And Karen starts cursing you out and calling you right. the N word. Right, right, right. Or like you know, yeah, starts freaking excuse out. Excuse me, I thought it was a free country. country. Right, right. Exactly. Karen is just the worst. Like she's the middle, a. So like can the, I say this? I can. Karen is just a bitch for no reason. Like <laughs> with no regard for other people because Karen has ruled the world all her life. Right. So the Karens I'm thinking of are the are the the women who are out with the uh, anti mask, anti COVID-19 guideline signs. And they're screaming at police officers, my body, my choice, Mm -hmm. without a without a drop of irony, because they're also uh, anti choice in terms of abortion. But that's we'll Mm -hmm. we'll talk about that later. Um, You know, they are. Uh, loud in terms of always making their opinions known and making everything about them. Um, And it's just a caricature that I'll talk, I'll speak for black people that black people just, we, we we recognize Mm -hmm. immediately that this person is not, um, you know, who's a quintessential Karen to me. Remember John and Kate plus eight. Kate. Yeah. Yep. The mom, Kate. Yeah, the mom, she, yeah. She's a Karen. That yeah. haircut. There are, the shirt, the I was say, there are wigs called like the Karen cut, and it's Kate's hair cut. Right, like, right, right. Yeah. Uh, we used to say, yeah, I remember I used to see them in Lancaster, if that's a side note. Um, so, okay. So that, so, so when people ask what a Karen is, that's why it's hard to describe it, because what we just said is the definition of a Karen, and that took us 10 minutes to articulate. Right. So <laughs> it is... If you 
listeners and people in your life hear or choose to do yourself, people uh, comparing Karen to the N-word or any other slur or any other grouping of people, know that um, that's idiotic. Um, Know that it is what we are doing is reactionary to a horrible type of person that we see that is usually racist and that is usually harmful toward other people. Um, And so to the extent that your name is Karen for real, and you don't want to be considered a Karen, you aren't a Karen unless you're acting like one. Right. So don't, no one's going to get it. No one's going to call you a Karen to your face if you're not acting like one. They're going to call you, they're going to say you or hello or hi, Karen. Like, it's good to see you moving on. We don't mean it that way because right. that's your actual Christian government name. Right. Um, so it, this is the, this is when you narrow a generalization down to um, white women the ironically the white women who freak out about being about the term karen are are karen like like you are earn the title it doesn't just fall upon you accidentally yeah right if i call you a karen because you've done something that is so obviously or overtly a karen type thing that you that you you've earned it so it's not yeah I mean, and this is, I just can't even, it's like, also like, shut the hell up because nothing is happening to you. Nothing. No, there's no uh, war on Karens. You're, you're ruling the world and destroying it as you, as you do. It's just this notion of, you know, it's just as harmful as saying the N word. Like, well, I'll just, I'll just start saying the N word. Then if people are going to call me Karen, please do go ahead and see where that gets you. Right. Like, don't, I, I'm so sick of people trying to, and we talked about this earlier, like, police black people mm-hmm. when we're reacting to white supremacy. It's not that people are just walking down the street, oh, that's a Karen, that's a Karen, that's a Karen, you're all Karens. No. When you do something that is harmful with a certain, you know, types of characteristics or stereotypes, then you're labeled a Karen. It's not like it. Yeah. 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 You no, know, you're right. It's not just this like willy nilly. Oh, black people need to come up with. Uh, and it's not only black people who call right. Karen, but it's right. not like this was just invented as a way to harm white people. It's y'all are doing shit that is harmful and annoying and mean and violent. And so we're saying, you know what, that kind of behavior, we're going to call that something. We're going to call it Karen because one, it's funny. Two, it paints a picture so we know exactly what you look like. And three, it's accurate. Sorry, right. don't right. earn the title. And I'm right. not going to, then I won't call you a Karen. Right. Yeah. Agreed. So, you know, this is, to me, I see Karen's as sort of leaving a trail of arrested or hurt or killed black people in their wake. Um black and brown people really because also, also karens are freaking out about people not speaking english out at stores and places and so that it all often happens to to the the latinx community 
um, yeah, everyone who is not white pays the price. Right. Um, At best, a Karen is just being an asshole. At worst, you're getting someone killed. Right. So I just I'm so I this is to apologize for that term. So this is this is what this is. This is Amy Cooper. This is the Central Park mm-hmm. person. This is she she was going to call the police to because someone dared to correct her and um, tell her to put her dog on a leash. Mind you, it, her dog is ruining the bird watching experience. Her dog is probably um you know, dogs bark at me because I'm black um, and their owners are afraid of black people. So like they're, they, I get barked at by, you know, people who own racist people who own dogs all the time. Um, and so I assume her dog would not have met uh, Christian Cooper with kindness. Uh, he had dog treats in his pocket for just that reason, I would imagine. Mm-hmm. The same reason mailman, mail, mail carriers carry dog treats so they don't get attacked by dogs. Um, and so you know, he has come out and uh, Christian Cooper has come out and said, you know, talked about this and the New York Times did a big piece on it. He's talked about how he has to like he's wandering through New York, uh, New York Central Park, you know, r- rummaging through brambles and stuff, holding a black metallic object, which is his binoculars. Um, that's a risk for a black man to do that, because holding a wallet will get you killed. Holding a wallet will get you shot 49, 41 times like Amadou Diallo back in 90, whenever it was, 94. Six ninety four um, in New York City. So it, it is by the police. Uh, so it is he's he's behaving in a risky manner for a black man anyway. And he did what a lot of black men have done that has ended their lives, which is say something or do something or think about saying something or doing something to a white woman. That's what happened with Emmett Till. He allegedly and we now know he did not actually do that, whistled at a white lady. You know, she made up that he whistled at him just because he probably did something that she didn't like or she was just trying to fuck with him that day. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was dragged behind a truck and lynched and thrown in a river, you know, like, so... Amy Cooper said, I'm going to tell them, the police, there's an African-American man threatening my life. Like, wow. what? Wow. Just off the cuff, first thing that came to her mind, I'm going to tell Boom. the police there's an African-American man threatening my life. And what she didn't need to say was, and you know goddamn well what that means, Christian Cooper. They're going to come mm-hmm. here and, and yep. at, at minimum beat your ass and at right. most kill you. Right. Because my life as Amy Cooper is more valuable than yours, Christian Cooper. Yeah. You're so a threat let's bef- by nature. Done. So so to our listeners, this is the this is a type of racism that is really widespread. This is if you were to ask Amy Cooper's friends about this and whether this surprised them, all of them would say yes, I'd imagine that this is surprising. They would never know she would act like this. I would be willing to bet you money. Then all of them would say exactly what serial killers friends say when they're Mm -hmm. interviewed later. He was a nice guy. Oh, my gosh. The U-bomber was a nice guy. We had no idea. We had no. He just seemed he kept to himself and he just kind of. Right. So like that's you do know people who are like Amy Cooper. You do. Statistically, you do. So you don't know you do. If you're saying, no, I don't. It's because you don't know you do. You've never been put Mm -hmm. in a situation where they've had to ask or where you've had to ask. So just first off, know that, that this is a widespread thing. This person is the manager at a company where people report to her. She's a normal, 
everyday red-blooded American. And this was her response when she got asked to have her dog put on a leash by a black man. That's one. This is the type of racism that is most common um, and most insidious because it's there's no way to prove it's racism, right? There's no way to prove mm-hmm. she wouldn't have done this to a white man. That's what people mm-hmm. always say, like, show me evidence. It's like, well, OK, so I can't prove to you that she is racist against black people and she thinks white people are better, a.k.a. a white supremacist. Mm-hmm. Because you think a white supremacist is a clan's mem- a clan member, right? You right. know, and there's no e- there's no evidence that she did this to a white person because she's probably never done it to a white person. And white people don't think to film this stuff because their life isn't being threatened if she mm-hmm. freaks out at them. Mm-hmm. Threatening a white man, I'm gonna tell the police that there is a white man here. That's not a real. That wouldn't be a threat. Right. That wouldn't be. It oh, was, why it, don't you ask a, him for help? He's right, it's a threat. <laughs> right, it's a threat in that the police are being called, but it's not a threat that because he, of his race. And so, are viewed as threatening. Right. Um, so, you I'm know, sorry, I'm over. Let's stop talking about. Karen. Yeah, that's enough. One more thing I just want to discuss, April, before we move on, is the fact that that Christian Cooper and Amy Cooper have the same last name. Yeah, that like made my tongue itch. So that, yeah, that fucked with me because I kept hearing. Um, and so just so our listeners are, are reminded here, Amy Cooper, this white woman in Central Park, has the same last name as Christian Cooper, the black man on whom she called the police. Um, and a lot of the reporters I heard talking about it, they would always say, oh, OK, no, no relation. You know, Christian Cooper, the man's name, no relation, no relation, no relation. They always say that they have a relationship. Oh, they have a long history relationship. It's just not. Yeah, it's just not the relationship that people are thinking so mm-hmm. you know there's that uh well, i think it's the malcolm x quote you know he says who are you you know he's talking to black people mm-hmm. what is, who what is your name it's not jones or smith mm-hmm. that's the names you were given when you were brought here stolen mm-hmm. here that's they took our names and gave us their names as a way to identify who owned us okay so i'm not saying that christian cooper's or i'm sorry that amy cooper's family owned christian cooper's family but i wouldn't be surprised and some white person named cooper somewhere owned christian cooper's family in this country i would imagine so unless he is a a native of some other country where he was named cooper as a baby and there his father's 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 father is cooper all the way back to as far as they could trace which i doubt um there he was given that name when his ancestors were brought to this country yeah. So Amy yeah, so, was given that name wherever her family's from, yeah. traced back to wherever she's from in Europe, you know? Right. I was going to say, uh, Cooper is an English name. So right. it, we, I, it's not, I think, you know, I doubt that that was his, you know, name from origin. Right. It was, right. it is not. It is it, not. It, right. it is not. It was given to him by, or it, he took, his family took it from somewhere else so it, it yeah so that's that kind just of people it's just yeah i mean it's so just, that's the sort of like meta stuff that like at the end of the day just remember that we're swimming in an ocean of white supremacy right like say, it's just it's, never ending vastness it touches right, everything right, this right. dude can't even have a news article with his own name in it right like it right. all goes amy is still she still has that 
over him too. And, and y'all are mad because we call y'all are mad because we called her Karen. Like, right? Or people are concerned <laughs> about her damn dog. Like, fuck that dog. Oh my god. <laughs> this dude can't even like can't even like, have a racist experiment experience happen to him with his own last name. And right. that's not me taking away from Christian Cooper and who he is as a person. That is his name. He right. he owns it now. Right. And he's making who he what is. he can make of it. Yes. Exactly. But we can't have a conversation and not mention where his name comes from. Right. And it's just so we can't we just can't get anywhere. That's how it feels. We can't yeah. this is so insidious and it just blankets everything. And situations like these are so, they're such perfect teaching moments for white people because there are so many things at play right. here. There right. are gendered aspects, right. racial aspects, current and historical. And it's just, it's so, you know, on the one hand, it's so, it it's so great to have it for, to be able to show people. But obviously we want to live in a world where these things don't happen. But when they right. do... Right. It's just, I mean, you could teach a class on this 10 minute interaction, know, interaction that these two people had. You could teach a whole yep. class yep. and people would learn so much. And uh, yeah, it's just, yeah, we see on the internet, well, you can't call her a Karen because that's a slur. It's like, I, I just, yeah, I just yeah. can't. I know that's what that's I just can't is literally like the my my mantra over the past couple of weeks it's yeah. just like this just keeps hitting it just keeps hitting harder and harder um and yeah okay April let's take a break and when we come back let's talk about George Floyd okay okay Okay, John. So we talked about Karens. We talked about Amy Cooper as the one type of racism that we've seen in this past week. What's the other type when we're talking about George Floyd? So that's the overt white supremacist hate that is that is uh, violent and murderous. Um, so George Floyd uh, is was. Um, a, a black man living in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Um, he uh, evidence of his murder uh, surfaced a couple of days ago. Um, he, and it's a police involved killing. He was stopped by police. Uh, we now know uh, the police were called on him because he tried to he used a, a counterfeit. $20 bill, which I don't um, I don't know if he created it or someone was given it was given to him or if he or if was it trying, was even counterfeit or if it was even counterfeit. Right. I don't I don't I just don't know. Um, and so but regardless, um, please stopped him and he. It, it ended with an encounter of an officer, Derek Chauvin kneeling his knee on uh, on Mr. Floyd's neck. Mr. Floyd was lying face down, handcuffed 
on on the street um and the officer knelt on his whole his whole weight on his neck for um we now know about nine minutes um all the while uh george floyd screaming i can't breathe um help me help me i can't breathe there are people around multiple people around saying you got him on the ground he's not resisting he can't breathe um and we now know you know looking at the footage we know that um you know toward the last couple minutes of the encounter george floyd he calls out for his mom um mom mama help me um he's a grown man he's he's uh you know i don't know how old he looked like he's at least 40 um and his mom had died his mom had died two years earlier i think to the day actually so he was screaming for his his deceased mother i think knowing that he was about to to greet her um he says officer i'm about to die i'm about to die officer um and then he did die um so you know we now know because this officer was charged today derek chauvin with manslaughter and murder three um, which we can talk about um we now know from the charging document that it was over eight minutes total that derek chauvin former police officer derek chauvin was kneeling on george floyd's neck and it was two minutes and 53 seconds of that time um that george floyd was unresponsive the the charging document says non-responsive meaning not moving not talking barely breathing they checked his pulse during that time and the knee was still on his neck um there's an, uh, other footage today that surfaced showing, I believe, three other officers that were all knelt down right there next to him, all watching, all assisting with this. Um, a couple times someone says, should we flip him over? The answer is no, they don't do it. Um, you know, you can see a stream of liquid starting to run away from the body, um, George Floyd's body, which I can only presume was um, the sort of loosing of his bowels right before you die, that sort of happens. Um, and yeah, so I mean, look, originally before the footage came out, um, the police said he uh, he resisted arrest and then ended up having a sort of medical situation. So that was all we knew. Then the footage comes out and shows him completely cooperating. Not that it matters, right? Like, not that it matters. He I was going to say, like, fuck police. I, I hate you all. I wish I could kill you right now. Kicking, screaming, fighting. And that's still not licensed to kill him. Right. Um, I, mean, I was thinking, is it even worth mentioning, you know, in the video, you can hear someone say, um, OK, get up and get in the car. It's it's sort of unclear as if it's mm-hmm. a police officer or a bystander, mm-hmm. but. That is said. You can hear that. And he says, I will. I can't move. Mm-hmm, this mm-hmm, whole mm-hmm. resisting arrest nonsense is just, first of all, when someone's one person is handcuffed on the ground face right, down, right. and there are four other armed, right, right. grown ass men. That is vulnerable as you can be. If you can't get that person into a car 
and he's even if he's kicking, screaming, biting you, that's a whole different problem. That's right. on you. That's your that police even, training. That even, that wasn't what we're seeing here. Right. He was laying helplessly. So regardless, right? I just watched a video the other day of a white lady who was getting an eight eighty dollar speeding ticket or moving violation in her car and she wouldn't accept it through the window of the police officer and she wouldn't sign it and she started screaming at him close the door i'm not taking that from you uh rolled her window up sped away in her car he chased her down got her to open the door pulled her out she's kicking him punching him screaming yelling all over you know over this 80 dollar ticket and and he ultimately tased her and she you know and 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 dealt with her rightfully she she was uh, uh she was a threat to this officer as a as a human being but she walked away alive with her life um after having resisted in the most violent way you can resist arrest aside from using a weapon um and she walked away with her life this man George Floyd was not resisting arrest not that it mattered but he should have license and under the law and 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 fairness under the law, he should be able, should he want to, to behave as poorly as that lady did mm-hmm. when it comes to police. And that wasn't even a question, but he knew better because he's a black man. So he cooperated fully and they still killed him. So um, and 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 viciously, viciously, you know, it, there's not like there's a good way to murder someone in broad daylight to lynch them, but it just it just compounds on how horrible and and cold this particular lynching was because of how he was murdered. Yeah. Suffocating someone for nine minutes is just, I'm thinking about who this officer is as a person. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. His, like, sorry to go here, but like his heart has to be somewhere bad for you to be able to do this to someone just as a person and yeah. i don't give a shit if someone says oh it's just a switch you turn on when you're in the in the zone as a police officer no no not everyone can just turn on a switch and suffocate someone for eight minutes and kill and kill them right that's not a right. thing that just your average normal person can do that takes that takes evil mm-hmm. inside of you and the the three officers who watched, it's that same, same thing, or extreme cowardice, whichever right. one. Right. Right. So you know, Derek Chauvin. A little bit about who he is. He has had 18 citizen complaints against him in the past. Uh, he had he was involved in an automobile killing of a civilian. He was involved in a shooting killing of a civilian. Um, in the past, he is someone with a, a record of complete abuse and um, and mistreatment and um, and insubordination, and so uh, and and failing to, to to abide by the policies of the of their police department. And so he's someone that should have not been a police officer anyway. He should not have been allowed to be. Um, and a few of the other people who were there were uh, have similar similar backgrounds. He is a um, MAGA Trump supporter. Um, so he is, I saw, uh, you know, he's been at multiple Trump rallies. I've seen him in pictures with Trump in the background. Um, that's not to say that, uh, that, that, um, that 
that is the reason that he did this. Uh, it's not, but that, that shouldn't surprise anyone, right? Um, there are certainly police officers who are Democrats who do the same thing. Um, and so that's just another, I'm just trying to paint a picture of who this person is. Please do not think that politics is playing a major issue here. The Karen mm-hmm. that we mentioned in the previous segment um, is a Democrat. So mm-hmm. she uh, she's a liberal New York City Democrat. Um, and so, so that's that. That's one thing. Um, what has recently happened um, is people have been taken to the streets. People in Minnesota, people all around the country, people in L.A., they shut down the 101 highway the other day, um, which is one of the major highways in Los Angeles where I live, um, protesting in the streets for this man's um, for justice for for George Floyd. Um, police officers in L.A. ran over some of the protesters on the highway. I watched it. Um, they mm-hmm. they you know um, they did the same thing in uh, in Atlanta, Minnesota, Minneapolis, Minnesota is burning right now. People are um, there are peaceful protesters. The large majority of these protesters are peaceful, and there are random folks who are taking advantage of the situation and um, and looting and sort of rioting, um, you know. If I saw a video of you, John, which could so easily happen, of you being killed on the street by a police officer, I don't know what my reaction would be, but if right. it were looting, sorry. Right, likewise. Looting looting during a pandemic, sorry. Like, like I'm really right. sorry right, right. that this is how I'm... I'm I'm releasing my trauma. Right, right. And so, yeah, I heard someone say walk through the through the process of like, look, black people in America are so a a lot of the people who are lighting things on fire in Minneapolis and looting are not black. Um, A, black people don't fuck with fire, but that's just me. But moving on, just like I've never seen a black like bomber anyway. um, So, you know. Black people have been socialized not to speak up in this country when things go wrong. So if you don't speak up, things get worse a lot of the time. We don't speak up and they ignore what they're seeing in front of their eyes, which is black people getting killed. We do speak up and they still do it. We scream and yell, Black Lives Matter, we can't breathe. And they still do it. What's next? Do you want us to start hurting people? Do you want us to start rioting and destroying property? Because you're not listening, government, white people. You're not listening. And so if, you know, I don't, I will never, you will never hear me. um, This is as close I'll ever come to justifying damage to property or harm, to physical harm. But what do you expect? What do you expect? It's hard to describe without sounding, you know, stupidly poetic. But like, we are constantly being looted as people. Mm. I don't have anything that I can just go out in the world and say, this is mine without fear or without the notion that it can be taken away at any point, including my life, including my brother's life. 
our security and freedom and safety and voice and power and creativity and fucking hairstyles and mm. eyebrows have been stolen from us and are stolen every day. Hmm. So this notion of, oh my God, people took over a Target and stole like toilet paper. Right. It's so minimal and so obviously reactionary that I just can't even, I can't even understand why we are still having this conversation and making it news. I can't understand how you can go and watch, you know, whatever, CNN and hear them talking about the violent looters in Target or whatever. How are we still there? Right. And to put right to put on the same footing someone's life, a lynching, as you called it, which it is, it's a, a, a extrajudicial killing of someone for a perceived wrong. The perceived wrong here, here was using a, a, a counterfeit $20 bill um, to to putting on the same footage, footing that, that lynching and damage to like well-insured corporate buildings. Um, or even this dude's job. People say justice is served. They were fired. Right. What? Right. That is right. just so tone deaf and violent in its own way. I just can't. I don't see how people can't hear that what you're comparing is a life and a job. Those right. aren't the same thing. So what I will say is about the rioting and the folks that are, you know, that are destroying property and that are getting tear gas. How should you say? We should remind people that they're getting tear gas. They're getting shot with rubber bullets. They are getting, the police have moved in full military style, the way that police do. That's the only thing that police know how to do. Um, as of tonight, when, they've inst- When it's black people. Right, right, right. Oh, of course, of course, of course, of course. Yeah, we saw, I mean, we've seen armed white men with AK-47s in the Capitol building in uh, Michigan, uh, stand, screaming, the, spitting into the faces. They of, just stood there. Who were of of the police officers who were meant to guard the historic Capitol building, and they just stood there. So that's not. I mean, that's not even. We're not even. That I hope our listeners are. Um, you guys are following enough in the news to see the to see the 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 discrepancy between the way the people are treated here. Um, just because they're black, this goes without saying that they would never do this to a group of white people. I watched. When the Philadelphia Eagles won the Super Bowl, April, remember? Hint. We were in won. downtown Philadelphia. Won, won the, the Super Bowl. Bowl. So it is a, a, a celebration. A, a celebration. I watched white men, drunken white men, climb flagpoles, flip cars over, light them on fire, do swan dives off of the Ritz-Carlton awning into a crowd full of people. I watched people not only pick up horse shit from, from police horses— not only eat horse shit because Philadelphia fans, but throw horse shit at police officers drunkenly. You mean to tell me that they that doesn't warrant getting your ass beat from the cops the way that these at minimum at minimum the way that these protesters who are protesting a lynching by one of the actual police officers that's you know that his whose brothers quote unquote brothers in blue are out patrolling this. Um, so sorry that we're upset but fuck you you know right. um and so 
uh, I will say I stand with the protesters in Minneapolis. I don't know that I could bring myself to throw a Molotov cocktail through a window. I know that I couldn't actually. Um, I wish but I, I stand, could, though. I stand with them um, yeah. unequivocally. And and I stand for what they represent. And if I weren't high risk for goddamn COVID-19, I'd be there with them. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, Martin Luther King, one of my favorite quotes by him, and I hate when people quote Martin Luther King because say, they ew. never do it because <laughs> they never do it right. They always cherry pick the whitewashed, uh, peaceful lunch counter sit in uh, civil disobedience well, quotes and, it's and the Martin I Luther have a dream because quotes. that's the only black person in history that's the that only they black, know. Right, that's the only right. black civil rights figure that they know. Martin Luther King said, a riot is the language of the unheard. That's one of my favorite quotes by him. That's if you think if you want me to be more like Martin Luther King, if you want the looters and the rioters to be more like Martin Luther King, read that quote and read the rest of everything that goes along with that from that writing and his speech. And uh, and then we'll see what you want, what you think about Martin Luther King's opinions on this kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so recently, April, this uh, Derek Chauvin, Chauvin was charged with manslaughter and murder three. Um, Mm -hmm. That's today. Um, That is, just so folks know, a low-level murder or a a charge that involves taking of a life. So manslaughter is when you do something so recklessly that you should have known that it would lead to someone's death, like drunk driving. They're saying, you know, he this officer acted in such a way that he should know that this would kill someone. Um, and I'm a little torn on that because I know why they did it. They charged him the bare minimum of a crime involving taking a life because it's really hard to because that that crime manslaughter does not involve an element of intent. In other words, you don't need to the prosecutors don't need to prove that he meant to kill him and wanted to do it. Um, that's a lot of the time what juries get hung up on in these police trials, that you can't prove that an officer meant to kill someone, particularly because of what we think about officers. Most people think about officers, which is that they're out to do good and they would never think I'm going to kill this person. Um, so they charged him with a crime that doesn't involve that element. It also has a much lower mandatory minimum sentence. Um, and so, you know, he could spend five years of his life in jail or 10 um, Whereas if he was charged with a capital crime, it would be the rest of his life or death penalty, for example. Um, And so. Well, and so that's where that's what I don't understand, because I consider myself a very logical person and I can't make those pieces fit together. Right. Right. How can you if a, a, a police officer, a grown trained officer is keeping someone from breathing mm-hmm. for eight minutes, but didn't mean to kill him. You Three know of which that, he was unresponsive, mind you. You know that humans need air to breathe. You intended to restrict his air for that amount of time. In what world is that not an intent to end someone's life? Much less, much less he screamed, I'm about to die, officer. And they knelt on him for three or four more minutes after that. Like, so 
if you don't write, if you don't intend for him to be killed, what did you intend? Yeah, that's really hard for me to talk about. Yeah, I know. So I, I think it is. I think they're playing it. So to be fair to the prosecutors, oof, sentence I never thought I'd say. Um, to be fair to the prosecutors, they can always add charges, right? Like they can add charges that require more elements if they find them, right? Like so, um, if you you find a text message or something that says I'm going to go out and kill a guy tonight by you know from this guy from this Chauvin person. Um, that can serve as evidence of his intent to kill someone, right? Like, and they can up it. Um, but I just don't see anything. I, I mean, maybe, and the FBI is looking into it, so maybe they'll get evidence and maybe they'll, uh, who knows. But they took the most, they did the least possible thing by charging him with this. So I just want to back up for a second as well. He wasn't arrested this whole time. Mm-hmm. He wasn't arrested this whole time. So people, you know, and I, I was hearing uh, they did a press conference the other day, the prosecutor saying we want to make sure we have all the evidence we need to beyond a shadow of a doubt. We can prove that we can win this case. And then then, then we'll then only then will we charge and arrest him. That, that is not how it works. You do Mm-mm. not have to have beyond a reasonable doubt evidence to arrest someone for a crime. OK, police that you don't have to have a warrant to arrest someone for a crime. You don't have to you have to have probable cause you have to uh the police can see you doing something that serves as the probable cause that you broke the crime that you just broke littering let's Mm -hmm. call it and police arrest you right there on the spot there's no like you know you go to lockdown that you go to to lock up and and a, a, a county jail or a magistrate holding cell and that's where you get charged if ever um, mm-hmm. that's where you get, uh, and then later they continue to collect evidence and that's where they, it gets presented to a jury beyond a reasonable doubt. This beyond a reasonable doubt nonsense about charging someone is absolutely ridiculous. And to drive the point home further, I was just watching live coverage on CNN and a man, I forget mm-hmm. his name, damn it, mm-hmm. um, a black reporter on CNN was uh, out covering the the protests that were going on in Minneapolis and the state police were, he was cooperating fully with the state police and they were asking, I think, getting him to try to move to a certain location or something. And they're like, he kept saying like, we'll go wherever you want to go. Just tell us where you want to go. And in a, a couple minutes later, a couple seconds later, they arrested him um, and they take, they take him off in, hand, in handcuffs for what, for who knows what he, what crime they've uh, committed he he's to have committed but they would have to say they had probable cause to arrest him for x and so they arrested him immediately upon doing whatever they said he did um and you mean to tell me that you couldn't have arrested this Derek chauvin man when the whole world saw what he did the whole world saw what he did and if that video does not constitute probable cause for an arrest i don't know what the fuck does so they finally charged him with the lowest possible um, thing they could charge him. Um, hopefully they'll attack on charges later. Hopefully the other officers, every single police officer that was at that scene needs to be charged because they all have a duty to help a citizen when they see a citizen um, being killed. Um, they also all, you know, April, if you and your friends get in a car and go to a, 
bank and your friends get out and rob the bank and get back mm-hmm. in the car and you and drive them away you're that's, responsible my ass is going that's, to jail that's, yeah you're that's felony like you were involved in that like and so they were all there it's not like you were they were just friends they were there on assignment together um as they had been called to a scene so that's that um so you know they finally charged this person and then he was arrested um it's just ridiculous that he was ro- walking roaming around free before that and that the, all the other officers were roaming around free um and yeah i i mean i don't i don't have faith that this is going to be something that that comes out that where justice is served but i can think of another time where this in this same district where a police officer was held accountable for uh killing a civilian if you remember the case of muhammad noor in minneapolis who was a black officer a black black officer who for whatever reason shot and killed this unarmed white woman this australian woman blonde haired blue-eyed her name is justine damon um he was so he was black muslim she was white blonde woman civilian he shot her she died he killed her um and he's been convicted of murder Mm-hmm. He was charged and convicted. It was a huge story, and everyone was all the Blue Lives Matter people were like, "Yeah, fucking man, yeah, get him, man," because they're right. racist. Right. Um, all of the, uh, yeah. So it, it was one of those times where, like, oh, all of a sudden you guys are for police being held accountable when it's a white woman that was killed mm-hmm. and the police officer is black the and a Muslim. Victim. Right. Exactly. Um, so we know the prosecutors in this case can do this. They can hold police officers accountable for killing civilians. They can. Let's see if they do. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, this has been, you know, to make matters worse, um, Donald Trump uh, last night, recently, <laughs> right, <laughs> right, tweeted out, something about threatening to send the national guard in to get things under control in minneapolis and he ended the tweet with when the looting starts the shooting starts so this same (laughs) phrase was used by uh george wallace who was a sort of notorious segregationist back in the 60s 60s he's a presidential candidate um george wallace was the uh governor of alabama uh, and he's famous. His famous quote is segregation now, segregation tomorrow, segregation forever. Oh, right. So Donald Trump knows this. He's not stupid. Uh, well, he is stupid, but he's not. Um, he, he's he plays dumb. Um, and so this was a threat um, and um, an instruction for police to kill the looters. Um so, you know, I, I don't know what to say to that. I don't know. When we say we're swimming in white supremacy, April, that is just a part of our landscape. This is the from the top down. Donald Trump has instructed police to um, to rough up suspects. So don't go so easy on them. Mm-hmm. Be, you know, be mean to them. Yeah, it it is just wherever we go it's white supremacy so it it is violent it is insidious it is karen's it is derek chauvin it is the it is our president 
Um, it is the prosecutors. It's everywhere. And so this has just been these last few days, um, these last few weeks have just been um, traumatizing. It's hard to do our work. Yeah, I had a minor breakdown this morning, but then 15 minutes later, I was having a one-on-one with my boss. Clocked right. in, on the clock right. at work. Yep. So it's not like, you know, black people get to be traumatized and then go to therapy or go to... And recover. Get some sort of help recovering, get a week off from work to process what they're experiencing and seeing. No, we don't have that luxury because trauma is a daily just occurrence. It's just a part of our lives. So you'll excuse people who happen to be looting in Minnesota right now because some of them are releasing trauma that they are experiencing every day. It's not a, oh, just let the kids be kids and burn the place down. No one is saying that. Relax. No, of course not. But it's a recognition that these things are reactionary. And when you don't give people the space to recover and process and be heard and then have change occur what do you think will happen you know change in this country change has never occurred without force and Mm -hmm. crisis this country was founded on that you know this is the boston tea party it was a riot. Mm-hmm. It was a riot. It was not a party. It was not people drinking tea. It was it was an uprising. So and I don't they're know called patriots, you know. Right, they're patriots. They are, you know. They, and they and they and they're called, they're accepted as that. And I hope what will come from this, with you know, with MLK's words in my sort of mind, that 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 rioting is the language of the unheard. Um, but I'm not i'm not hopeful i i i i I do hope but i'm not hopeful if that makes sense um Mm -hmm. and so i just i've always heard i don't know who said it that like that crises precipitate change um and i hope that's the case here because this is a crisis for us um the black community is in crisis we don't know what to do we don't know what how this will change And so if you're listening to this and you want to help, there are ways and there are things you can do. Um, We've posted about it a ton on our Instagram account, um, signing folks up for, you know, if you're in the Los Angeles area, white people for black lives. If you're in the generally uh, across the country showing up for racial justice, Surge, S-U-R-J, has affiliates in all major cities and in every state and probably near you. So find them and sign up and do what they tell you to do. Um, It it is, there's so much you can do. Um, Don't feel helpless. Um, This podcast is one thing that April and I do. Um, And it just is, it's a disheartening time. And then on top of everything else, COVID-19 is happening. So, you know, 
a hundred over a hundred thousand people in this country have died from COVID nineteen, and a quarter of them have been black. And black people are are thirteen percent of the population. So it's just it's everywhere, and it's a hard time to be a black person in America. Harder than normal. It's always hard, but it's harder than normal. And so, um, yeah, there's no there's no poetic, catchy way to end a conversation like this. I'm glad I have you, John. I'm glad I have you too. Seriously, that, that I helps. I look. Yeah, I mean, I look to my family, but it's terrifying as well, because that could have been you on the ground. You know, that could have been me on the ground with with his neck to my with his knee to my neck. (sighs) Well, when we come back, um, we will talk about the action item for this episode. And now it's time for this episode's action item. So for this episode's action item, we want to encourage white people to add something into your social, you know, justice resume that gets you out of your comfort zone. Hmm. Do something new that makes you uncomfortable. Hmm. If you're thinking to yourself, well, I already do, you know, you know, this, this, and this. One, add something and have it be something that pulls you from that comfort and and puts you in a situation or makes you have a conversation or um, in some way feels, uh, makes yeah. you, you know, a little uncomfortable and, and makes you, you think. Something that's not easy. That's and, really good i can think of so many good examples of this so like if you are one just adding to your anti-racism work is good but Mm -hmm. we've said so many times that you know you'll be you're being a good ally and a good anti-racist effective anti-racist if what you're doing sort of negative feels like it negatively impacts you a little bit um this is an example of that comfort zone being out of your comfort zone is a sort of negative impact. So mm-hmm. if you're if you sign up for white people for black lives or showing up for racial justice, like we mentioned the, a few minutes ago, um, and their first ask of you is they're taking volunteers for people who want to cold call people on the phone or cold email people. And you could you could never mention that, you know, think of yourself calling strangers. Do that. Mm-hmm. If if it you know, if. If you have a, a a social media presence that's all flowers and puppies and baked loaves of bread, put in a Black Lives Matter post. Put in a post that is going to proclaim your allyship and anti-racism to everyone who knows you, even though you don't really talk about race and politics to everyone. If you donate regularly to a organization or program, add a little bit. So that maybe you can't go, you know, order out as many times that month Mm. because now you're donating to an organization in support of black lives. If you've never gone to a rally or a protest, go to one. If you've never talked to that one friend 
who you're unsure about. You're unsure how they feel about racism and allyship. Start that conversation. If you have every one in your family on board with your beliefs and how you're and your uh, anti-racism work, get one of them to come to an event with you. Get one of them to sign up for something. Get that one relative that you haven't talked to this about because you're afraid to talk to them about it. Those are all really good examples, John. If your allyship keeps you comfortable, how effective do you think it really is? episode of Black Ann was produced by us, April and Jonathan Perkins. It was edited by me, and our music is by Fifth Child. You can find more of his work at fifthchildmusic.com. That's number five, fifthchildmusic.com. You can find Black Ann wherever you listen to podcasts. If you like what you heard today, please feel free to rate, review, and subscribe to the show. Also, be sure to tell your friends. And until next time, be mindful, be vigilant, and and keep keep asking asking questions. questions.